It's just a ghoulies night out. Suffer on to me. Welcome to another edition of 31 Days of Halloween 2021. This is horror movie number 14, Ghoulies. I have a feeling this is gonna be a very long video. I have never seen Ghoulies. I've never seen it. I just, it's in all my years of horror movie watching, I just always sort of skipped over it. Funny enough, I have seen Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College because it had Kevin McCarthy in it, and for whatever reason, I decided to watch it. But I've never seen the original Ghoulies. Here's the thing, Ghoulies is an iconic film. It's super iconic, and here's why it's so iconic. If you spent your formative years in any kind of video store setting, and you ventured into the horror section, you would look at all the box art displayed on the shelves. I mean, this was just a rite of passage, if you will, as a horror fan, and probably the beginnings of kinder trauma. You see box art and you're like, oh my God, that is so scary. And I can still remember to this day, my feelings and memories about looking at all this box art and thinking, oh my God, like what is it that I'm looking at? But not being able to stop, I couldn't turn away. I was a moth drawn to the light. One of the most famous and iconic covers during that age to look at and, and what authority do I have to say that? I don't, I just know that it, it, it's that iconic. It's the Ghoulies box art. You have the little green goblin guy with suspenders popping out of a toilet. He's wearing a little blue shirt and it just says Ghoulies. And it is scary. It's so, I mean, that was terrifying. That cover was so defining in what was scary for me at the time. What Jaws did for the water, Ghoulies did for the toilet. You know what I'm saying? You sit down on the throne to drop the Browns off at the Super Bowl, and you're not sure if this little green guy is gonna worm his way up the hole and bite you in the ass. It was freaky deaky times, man, freaky deaky. Ghoulies was put out by Empire Pictures. This was the movie studio before Full Moon Entertainment. You can also clearly see where the full moon formula comes from. It comes from ghoulies. Let's shoot at one location, maybe an ominous house or castle, and we're gonna use puppet creatures. And that's what every full moon feature would go on to enshrine. You also have Jack Nance of David Lynch fame in this film. He plays the character of Wolfgang. You have Charles Band executive producing, you have Richard Band doing the music, and you even have Ted, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, Ted Nicolau, Nicolo, the guy who did subspecies films, he edited Ghoulies. And Ghoulies, you know, would spawn three sequels after it. As I said, I'd already seen Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Goes to College. I think I'm gonna have to watch Ghoulies 2 and Ghoulies 4 now. It's just, I must. Ghoulies is not what I expected Ghoulies was going to be. I thought it was gonna be totally puppet-centric. And no, there's like actually all this other story going on. Here's what's happening. You got a bunch of Satanists. They're all doing some Satanic stuff at this camp castle. The main Satanist guy, the satanic priest, we'll call him Zombie Dad for reasons that will make sense later. Zombie Dad has a son. The son is going to be used in a ritual. It doesn't work out. Wolfgang, who also is a part of this, you know, satanic cult, he takes the boy away, but doesn't really take the boy away or does he like does something with the boy. 
And then, you know, the boy comes back all grown up and Wolfgang is still at this place. He's now like the groundskeeper. And the boy has inherited it from his late father, who resides now under the ground in a grave with a satanic pentagram headstone. The boy's name is Jonathan, and he, he's hanging out at this place with his girlfriend. They're like, hey, let's throw a party. So they throw this party. All of their friends come up, and oh my God, all right, they have the weirdest friends. There's this dude named Mark who calls himself Toad Boy and slips into this character for no reason at all. There's no reason given as to why he does what he does. He goes, he talks like Gollum, dude. He's kind of like doing, no, it's not Gollum. I, that was me doing Gollum. But he's just doing this really weird look, like weird sort of voice for no reason. I was wondering, does Jonathan know that Mark turns into Toad Boy? His other friend Dick seems to know. It seems like something that is private. It's just really quirky and weird that he does this, where he says, Toad Boy needs some sweet meats for his tum. Okay, whatever. And then you got this character, Dick, and that's his other friend. He dresses like Travolta in the 70s, like Saturday Night Fever style, and, you know, has pickup lines like this. My name is Dick, but you can call me Dick. Oh, my God. And then they have this friend, Army Jacket Dude, who is a total party animal, and he break dances in front of all the house guests, and it causes all of the drugs, the pills and pot and whatnot to fall out of his pockets. I love later, after all the guests leave, they're trying to like figure out what they're going to do for fun, and you have Dick holding up a condom, just shuffling it in his fingers like this. You know, just kind of like, just because he's so cool, you know? He's just so cool, like, oh yeah, I get laid. Check out my condom that I'm rolling between my fingers, you know? And of course he suggests that they do strip poker, which doesn't happen. Jonathan finds a book that belonged to his zombie dad, and it's the satanic stuff, and he starts saying satanic things. But what's funny is, if you read Hebrew like I do, or you know Hebrew the way I do, he starts saying yud Hey vav Hey over and over and over again. yud Hey vav Hey is Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of the Hebrew God. You know, you have like really religious Christians who will use the name Yahweh when describing the Hebrew God. It's kind of funny that he's just saying yud Hey vav Hey, yud Hey vav Hey, in addition to all sorts of other Latin junk, whatever. We get some really cool animated optical special effects that just rule. I mean, it's just the time period where, you know, there's no CGI. And frankly, I th I think I prefer animated optical special effects to, you know, like, you know, when the lightning is sort of drawn on top of the frame. Like, I like that stuff. I think it looks really good. I think it holds up better than, say, outdated CGI. Look at CGI from, like, you know, 1998 or 2002 or something, and then look at the optical effects from, you know, 30, 35, 36 years. The film's from 1985. I'm 36. It's the same year I was born. I mean, it holds up. It, it does hold up. It holds up better, maybe. Holds up better. So then you get narration from Wolfgang, played by Jack Nance, and he's just narrating the whole thing. I'm not sure why he's narrating or for who, but he does. And then without explanation, Jonathan starts, I guess he's corrupted by the same force that his dad was or whatever. We don't even know what the ritual is about. We don't know what they were trying to do, these satanic cult people that used to live in this house or Jonathan's father was like the high priest of them or whatever. But without explanation, Jonathan brings these creatures around. We, we never see any kind of corrupting force that pushes him to do it, but he, he does a ceremony in the basement kind of like his dad did and, and he, he summoned forth 
these these goblins. I guess you would call them goblins. Uh, see, I thought that, you know, for years, because of the box art, because of everything that I told you, that this was going to be a story about a bunch of toilet goblins. But really, it's just about a dude who's obsessed with satanic magic and trying to balance his relationship with his girlfriend through it all. And what does he what like what does he want? He wants power and knowledge and that's it. There's never given we're never given a reason as to what he wants or why. And he's just super obsessed with it. And up to this point in the story, I'm starting to think, you know, the girlfriend's really selfish. I mean, here's a dude who's trying to dabble in Satanism and is resurrecting all, you know, he's, he's bringing these little creatures forth, you know, as he tries to like be in touch with who his parents were and whatnot. And she's all like, why are you doing that stuff? Just like hang out with me. And it's like, dude is just trying to connect with his roots and she just doesn't understand it or support him in his quest to be satanic and resurrect goblins, whatever. Uh, then, you know, in another ceremony, he summons people of small stature. I don't know. I think it's not nice to say little people anymore. So I'm going to say people of small stature. You know what I'm talking about. They come out of a portal and they are by far the best thing about this film just because they seem like such awesome, fun characters their speaking voices are dubbed and they're really interesting and their names are Grizzle and Greedy Gut. So you have these two people of small stature. One is Grizzle and one is Greedy Gut. <laughs> Grizzle and Greedy Gut. Why isn't this like cult terminology that gets used all the time? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we not, why are we not quoting lines from Grizzle and Greedy Gut? I just don't get it. Grizzle and Greedy Gut forever, man. Uh, uh, here's a note about these goblins or whatever you want to call them. So they are just, they don't even, they, they're covered in hair. They have sharp teeth and they're hand puppets. And apart from the, the toilet goblin that's super famous, you don't even really see him that much. You see all these like hairy ones. And here's what they look like. They look like cats that have seen a lot of horrible shit and are just having a really bad day and are super antisocial. That's what they are. They just seem like disgruntled cats. And they drool a lot, and they just go, <laughs> and they're just, they they are just super weird and super awkward. Whatever. <laughs> I love it. There's a scene where Jonathan is just chilling with a book reading, and then you have this hairy cat goblin just sitting next to him like a pet, just sort of sneering, like, <laughs> for no reason. He's wearing sunglasses like me, and his girlfriend knocks on the door, she comes in and, you know, they're talking and his glasses come off and we see that his eyes are glowing green and he's clearly wearing some sort of contact and one of them is cockeyed, pointing up to the ceiling and it just looks really, really humorous and unintentional. Then all the friends, they come back over for dinner because I guess they're needed for a ritual or whatever and they're all wearing sunglasses like Jonathan and I guess because they're wearing sunglasses, they can't see that the hairy cat goblins are just chilling in rump roasts at, on the dinner table like there it's just so unsanitary you have all these little ghoulies just sort of like running around it's like really really gross and then jonathan starts saying another chant for power and it's in hebrew and he's saying beseder beseder in hebrew means okay so he's just saying beseder over and over and over and over again when he does this he resurrects his father from his grave with the pentagram and that's why we call him zombie dad but what's really cool is when he first comes out of the ground it's also a hand puppet and it has this really sort of you know what they say the uncanny valley where like you know it looks like a person but not really looks like a person it kind of has that vibe going on and it just sort of pops up out of the ground 
and you can tell that a hand is operating it, but it looks really freaky deaky. It was a really, really good touch. Undead Zombie Dad is really creepy looking. He's got some makeup on and he is just so over the top when he talks like this throughout the whole movie. And Dick comes down the stairs and Zombie Dad has the ability to sort of transform into women. And so he turns into this woman, who we, woman who we've never seen before, and she has a long frog tongue that she uses to strangle Dick. She strangles Dick with her frog tongue. <laughs> and then what happens is uh, Demon Dad, uh, Zombie Demon Dad, he goes back down to the basement because you know Jonathan's been wearing his robes and stuff, and like now Dad is back and he wants to take over the family business of being the main satanic guy. And he basically summons all of all of Jonathan's friends who get picked off one by one by the ghoulies. Right, the ghoulies are picking them off, and also you have uh, Grizzle and Greedy Gut. They're also helping out because the thing is they are aligned to Jonathan. Jonathan is their new master. And so, like, poor, poor Grizzle and Greedy Gut, they just, they're always second banana to some, you know, satanic master. And they're just running around the house offing people as well. So you have them offing people. You have the, the goblins are offing people. It's just, it's may <laughs> It's friggin' mayhem. But it is genuinely unsettling that when all the friends kind of, they kind of come back to life for a second, all the friends start like shaking and trembling on the ground and like unnaturally crawling while dead, trying to get to the basement where zombie dad is calling them. And then, you know, they get dressed up in white robes somehow, which we never see off screen. And then at one hour, seven minutes and four seconds, the most iconic moment of all, as I said, what Jaws did for the water, Ghoulies did for the toilet. We see our green slimy goblin friend pop out of the toilet bowl. One of the most iconic things for any VHS art out there, especially in the 80s. And then you have a moment where the Ghoulies, they start attacking the girlfriend and they, they rush at her and she goes, why Jonathan, why? And then she falls down the stairs. I don't know if she's dead or alive or whatever. And then Jonathan confronts his dead zombie father who kind of talks like this. And he's like Darth Vader and the Emperor together. And, you know, it just gets very Star Warsian, you know. And it also turns out that the people of small stature, Grizzle and Greedy Gut, are actually working for Zombie Dad. So, you know, they go from master to master. Poor Grizzle and Greedy Gut. Why can't they just be their own people? Why do they have to work for somebody. And why do people of this stature always have to be in movies like this? Why can't we just have a movie where a person of small stature is just, happens to be a person of small stature and it's never mentioned at all for any reason. It's not the hook of the film. It just like in the way that your, your main character might have red hair. Why does it always have to be a thing? Maybe the reality is that, you know, if you live your life as a person of small stature that you're constantly aware of your spatial difference to say everything else in a world that's for people who are a lot taller. But I don't know. I just kind of want like, give me a romantic comedy or like a love triangle or a serial killer film or I don't know, something, some sort of film, drama, romance, where it's just a person of small stature and it's never mentioned. He's just a guy. His name is, his name is Paul. And Paul just lives in an apartment and has a conflict of interest with his girlfriend. And that's it, that's what the movie is about. And never once does it make mention that he's a person of small stature. Let's just see that for once. 
you know? And you know, the thing too is Grizzle and Greedy Gut, they're kind of sad and reluctant in their betrayal of Jonathan, but like I said, what's in it for them? They're just, he, Jonathan would just be their master. So Jonathan's all bummed out, but he's like, I'm all bummed out because I don't have complete and total control over you as your master. My, my dead zombie father does, you know? I don't know. If Jonathan overcomes zombie dad, then they're still enslaved to him. Like it doesn't, like, what is it? What's the difference? Like, I don't know. I just want them, I just want them to be their own people and not have to deal with any of this nonsense. Let Grizzle and Greedy Gut open up their own, you know, food truck, you know, call it Greedy Guts. And then out of nowhere with the Star Wars action, we find out that Zombie Dad knows how to use the force and he uses the force to choke Jonathan and Jonathan gets lifted up off the ground. And then Zombie Dad proclaims that Jonathan is his life and he gets really gross looking, like grosser than he did before. Before it felt like makeup and now it feels like it's really his skin or something. And then he tries to make out with his son. Maybe that's why he disguised himself as his girlfriend. He says that he wants to drain the life from your lips. I want to drain the life from my son's lips. Like something like that. And then out of nowhere, just when we think he's down and out, Jack Nance, a.k.a. Wolfgang, throws a spear at Zombie Dad and is now dressed like a wizard. So clearly, John is the Luke. Zombie Dad is like the Darth slash Emperor character. And Wolfgang is clearly Obi-Wan Kenobi. And just like in Star Wars A New Hope, Wolfgang and Zombie Dad start fighting. But here's what's interesting. Zombie Dad is only capable of shooting laser red lightning out of one eye. He can't shoot laser lightning, this red laser lightning out of both eyes. It's just one eye. Maybe it's a budgetary thing. They didn't have enough budget for two eyes. But, you know, and just when we think that that happens to be the case, Wolfgang himself starts to shoot blue electric lighting lasers out of both eyes. So, it's not a budgetary thing. It must have been a story thing. Maybe Zombie Dad, one of Zombie Dad's eyes wasn't working because he's been dead for 25 years or whatever. In any case, they're having this intense staring laser lightning eye battle. The house is coming down like Usher's house. It's like the fall of the house of Usher. You know what I'm saying? And then Wolfgang and Zombie Dad disappear and the dead friends magically come back to life. I Like it just out of nowhere, unexplained. They just come back to life, I guess because Zombie Dad is gone. And Jonathan says, possibly the best line in the entire film. I Just the best line ever. He says, Dick, Dick, wake up. We got to get out of here. Again, he says, Dick, Dick, we got to, <laughs> Dick, Dick, we got to wake up, get out of here. Dick, 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 wake up. Dick, got to get out of here. Dick, 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 wake up. We gotta get out of here. I said, Dick, Dick, wake up. We gotta wake up and get out of here. <coughs> Magically, all the friends are just no longer in white robes as they run out of the house. They're now in their regular clothes and they all jump into their cars and drive off as the house crumbles. And guess what? And guess fucking what? They leave Grizzle and Greedy Gut. After all that, after feeling betrayed because, you know, Jonathan is no longer in control of Grizzly and Greedy Gut. Like, they're just suddenly persona non grata, you know, even though they clearly wanted to be with Jonathan. So Jonathan hops in his car. He's like, I'm done with all this black magic, satanic stuff. And just Grizzle and Greedy Gut are, they just got nowhere to go. They've been summoned to this dimension from wherever they come from because it's completely unexplained as to who they are or why they're there. And now they're just going to wander around the castle grounds. I want to see 
a spin-off side story of Grizzle and Greedy Gut. Where the fuck is this movie? Give it to me now. And then finally, the film ends as they're driving off. The ghoulies are in the backseat. Blitter! So there you have it. We have got to see what happens in Ghoulies 2. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe this video. We'll see you tomorrow with another one.